Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another episode of Big Beautiful Badasses. I am your host, Kimberly Pleasia. I am so excited about today's episode, you guys, because it is going to be so good. This is a conversation that I have been looking forward to all week. But before we jump into that, if you want to be a supporter of this broadcast, just go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash this fat girl life. You guys know I live on coffee anyways. Every episode you see me drinking it. By supporting this broadcast, you are part of the message. You will help, you know, make some decisions when I do polls, getting opinions. You will have access to sponsor-only content. And you guys, it's $5. It is $5 to buy me a coffee. You can't even pay that at Starbucks. So... Buymeacoffee.com forward slash this fat girl life. So today I have Miss Becca Newkirk with me. Becca, thank you so much for being here. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm excited. Of course. So before we jump into things, why don't you tell everybody just a little bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Becca Newkirk. I am a therapist specializing in complex trauma. Um, I operate from a healthy to every size aligned perspective as a therapist. Um, I've always been a, a bigger girl in all of the situations that I've been in and all of the things that I've been passionate about. Um, and I'm and I'm also a uh, now a coach that's leaning towards supporting people in more self-compassion, more self-acceptance, letting go of the perfectionism, and just learning to show the fuck up as the person that you were meant to be, as the person that you already are, and still be able to reach goals without forcing yourself to be different right now. I love how you put that of just showing the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Because that is something, especially being plus size, Yep, we for so many years have been taught to hide in the shadows. Yes. Be the little wallflower. We should be seen and not heard. Mm-hmm. And so I love that that is part of your mission, your mantra is show the fuck up. Yes. Don't be afraid to take up space. Like, <laughs> you know, like I can't tell you how many people I, I talk to you on like a daily or weekly basis who are just always trying to shrink themselves, shrink themselves emotionally, shrink themselves physically, shrink themselves in all of these different ways, shrink their lives to fit other people, what other people want from them, what other people expect from them. And there's so much fear around pushing back and setting boundaries and just identifying like, you know what, this is the body that I live in. This is the life that I created for myself. And like, it is what it is. And I'm going to, I'm going to own that. And like, if you don't like it, you can go away. <laughs> well, and it's not even the body. It's the personality that goes with it. Yeah. I, I'm going to speak for myself. I don't try to speak for other women or other men or, you know, any, I'm not like the representative of the plus size community in any way, shape and or form. But for myself, you know, I was always taught, you know, I need to be a little bit more in the background. So I wasn't really allowed to embrace my personality. And now, as a 45-year-old woman, finally, I am figuring out I've got a pretty damn big personality. And podcasting is perfect for that. Mm -hmm. I love that I get to show my personality and just be whoever the fuck I want to be. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm to that point where I know my butt takes up space. Move over. 
That's kind of where I'm at. Move over. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and I, you know, I just keep coming back to this idea. I don't, I didn't mention it earlier, but as you know, Kimberly, that I, I do love powerlifting when gyms are open. I, <laughs> I do powerlift. I do not have a powerlifting gym in my house, but um, one of the things that I love about it. And when I was in that environment all the time, like it was constantly having questions about like, aren't you trying to like, you know, do this so that you'll look this specific way or do that. So you'll look this other specific way. And it's like, I just like lifting heavy shit. Like, I like picking up heavy things. It makes me feel empowered. It makes me feel like I get to be like a fuller version of myself. Like I get to count on myself and I don't have to fucking wait for somebody to save me. Like that shit is so important to me. And I'm so tired of being told that like, I'm supposed to have other people's um, goals or other people's objectives when I'm doing something for me. So I love the way that you say, like, I'm getting to the point where it's just like, you know what? Yeah, I do take up space. So move over, like move over or go away if you're not willing to move over for it. Exactly. Exactly. And the one thing that I noticed, I, I still get it. I, and maybe I just don't notice it as much because I have gotten to that point of embracing my personality and loving my personality the eye roll. Oh. Or the side eye. I do not I like that. I hate that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I just want to slap a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. It actually, it's funny because it, it, a lot of the people that I work with specifically as a therapist are like people pleasers and like, um, you know, they have imposter syndrome. So like, they're very, very sensitive actually to like the emotional landscape of the people around them because they had to be like, when when they were growing up, it's like if if mom or dad were going to lose their shit, if somebody was going to be dangerous, if they were going to be unhappy, it was like, I have to be finely, finely attuned to the way that everybody around me feels so that I can shift myself or adjust myself or contort myself more likely to make it safe for myself and safe for everybody else. Mm-hmm. And so and that that's kind of what you're describing. I mean, I think being in a larger body in this fucking society honestly is a form of complex trauma because so many people are like not accepting. And so many people are asking you always to be something different from what you are. And so I think what you're describing, like, I don't even know if everybody would see the same things that you're seeing, but they're absolutely there. And it's because you have had to learn how to be that attuned and that finally connected to the way that the people around you are responding to you. Well, and I even, I saw this on Facebook yesterday Mm -hmm. and I, oh my God, I was livid. I was so livid. Because it was it was honestly about a teenage boy okay. who died from COVID. He was a large kid. He was a very large kid. The comment section. Oh, no. You had, you know, some people that were very compassionate for the mother who just lost her son. Yeah. But then you had all these Facebook MDs chiming in of, what were the underlying conditions? Look yeah. at his signs. He was going to die young anyway. No, that's so old. Who said that? Oh, gosh. I, I was livid. I, obviously, I still am. Yeah, well, because it's awful. It's like not, it's not having just like basic human compassion for another fucking human. And like size, as we very well know, and the research, you know, has borne out for us, right? Like size has a very, very, very little, if anything, to do with our health, right? I mean, that's like the whole premise of like healthy at every size perspective and being able to, you know, it's 
when I was still entrenched in like trying to shrink myself, right? When I was still in that space and I would have clients come in and they would say that they wanted to like do a diet or whatever, I would cause harm at the time by like trying to support them in that. And what I do now, I learned from like healthy and every size coworkers and she introduced me to more and more of that information and that um, that way of being in the world. And now if someone comes up to me with that kind of goal, I just, I'm not gonna collude with you on that. I'm not going to, because I don't think that it actually has anything to do with your health. And I'm not gonna pretend that it does. And I don't think that you trying to be something other than what you are, because you're trying to fit other people's expectations for you is a goal that I can, with integrity, actually support you in. And like, I'm, I'm out, I'm out on that. Like, I think people get to be, you know, I will learn, I will help you learn to accept yourself as you are. I will help you learn how to engage with food and engage with movement in ways that feel good to you. And that like, you know, empower you and make you feel better in the world. Absolutely. But like with a goal of changing, absolutely not. Well, and what a lot of people are not, they're finally starting to come around to it. But what so many people don't grasp is big, small, straight size, plus size, whatever. You can still have a very unhealthy absolutely. relationship with food. Oh, yeah. So it doesn't matter if you weigh 500 pounds and you have that unhealthy relationship with food and with your body, you could go down to 120 and that unhealthy relationship is still going to be Honestly, there. Thank you so much for saying that. <laughs> I really like, it like warms my heart to hear you say that because on it, it's really similar to the way that people interact with money. It doesn't matter how much money you have. If you got a shit relationship with money, you're going to have a shit relationship with money. You could be a billionaire and still have a bad relationship with money. How many times do we hear about like people who were famous and had millions and millions of dollars and now they're they're like bankrupt and like they can't pay their bills? Like mm -hmm. this is not it's not about like yeah, it's not about your size, it's not about your weight, it's not about whatever. It's about like do you feel good when you're eating, right? Like for what purpose is this? Like do, are you getting pleasure from this? Like is it doing anything for you? You know what I mean? And people man, like I I can't tell you how many people of all sorts of different shapes and sizes who interact with food incredibly poorly, but nobody necessarily is like looking at them and asking them questions about it every day, right? So they don't have that outside scrutiny in the same way that other people do. Exactly. You have to look at, you know, how how is this person, you know, what is food for them? Mm -hmm. Is food something just to sustain them? Mm -hmm. Is that their security blanket? And I, I will use myself as an example for a very long time. Food was my security blanket. It was there and it made me feel good. And it filled a void. Yeah. I went through some shit mm -hmm. as a child. Mm -hmm. And it fucked me up. But food was always there. Yeah. You know, and I was a little bit heavier when I went through that shit anyways. But, you know, food food was there. Right. And it it was comforting. And so I, I really, I did have a very, very unhealthy relationship with food. Mm -hmm. Finally, in my 40s, you know, I have gotten to a point where I'm conscious about what I eat. Yes, mm -hmm. there are still meals that I eat that, my God, a cardiologist would probably 
you know, just die right there. I'm going to Heart Attack Grill, you know, when I go out to Vegas. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Um, have you been there? I haven't, but I've heard really good things. I've never been to Vegas at all, so that's why. They have a milkshake with butterfat. Oh, that sounds amazing. Oh, they're, they're chili cheese fries? Oh, <laughs> off the chain. I'm going to Heart Attack Grill. You go to Vegas to indulge. Yeah, honestly, I appreciate you bringing that up as well because, like, I don't know, the way that I – I know I hear a lot of other people say, like, food is, you know, make sure that you're hungry when you're eating. And, like, yeah, but – the way that I look at it, honestly, I feel like food can meet a lot of different needs. I think food can be just for pleasure. Food can be for socializing. Food can be um, for celebrating or commiserating. It can be for grieving. Like we do so many different things with food, mm -hmm. but it's really not just fuel for your body. It's really, truly not. And like when we give those messages about like, you know, you should really only be eating what your body like needs or whatever, we're ignoring like, whole facets and dimensions of self. Like we're ignoring whole parts of who we are. Like we are emotional and social beings. Like you're not gonna eat at your friend's birthday party. Like you're not gonna like, you know, eat your your late mother's like favorite meal when you're remembering her. Like that shit matters. And like as someone who recently lost my mom, and I think I, I briefly mentioned this when we were talking earlier, um, she loved eating. I mean, like food was like one of her great joys in life. And like, so when I eat now, and particularly when I eat things that remind me of her that she really enjoyed, like it's it's much more than just an experience of eating right then in the moment. And I think to ignore that is like fooling ourselves and setting ourselves up for like weird relationships with food and weird and weird behaviors. Well, it's just like, you know, I'm gonna use drinking as the example. Social drinking. Yep you go to a work function Christmas party, mm -hmm. your work Christmas party. Even if you're not a big drinker, you're probably going to have a glass of wine or something. Right. right. Because it's there. And that's yeah. just part of the atmosphere. Yes. And I totally get what you were just saying about your mom. I've lost my mother as well. Mm -hmm. And my mother's favorite holiday to cook for was Thanksgiving. Yeah. I don't cook the same meal that she cooked. Like I've, I've developed my own meal, yeah. but I prepare it. I go through the same motions. Mm. It is beginning of September. I have already planned my menu. That's so awesome. And I am like ready to start experimenting with different tweaks on different recipes. <laughs> yes. I want to go to you Thanksgiving know? at your house. <laughs> that sounds oh, awesome. <laughs> According to my husband. <laughs> I, I ruin him for things. I've ruined him for fried chicken. I've ruined him for that. I mean, I do like the Cajun infused turkey, Ooh. collard greens, baked macaroni and cheese. I did not grow up in the South, but I can cook with the best of the Southern women. That's amazing. So yeah, come up to Colorado. I'm <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, when I'm doing that, I feel that connection to my mom yep. because I've got the parade going, mm -hmm. you know, I'm drinking my coffee and that's what my mom did mm -hmm. every year. So yeah. there's that connection through food, through that yeah. meal. Yeah. You know, you know and I, 
I really love what you're saying too about like when you go to Vegas, like you're going to go to the heart attack cafe. Like one of the things that I tell my clients and frankly that I tell myself a lot too is like, look, just make the fucking decision. Like don't, you know, this is not about, it, it's about being able to decide. Like I want you to feel empowered with the way that you interact with food. I want you to be empowered in your body. And that means like if you're going to overindulge, fucking decide that you're going to do it and then do it, do it big and do it real and give yourself all the opportunity to do it instead of this weird little half-ass thing that we tend to do of like, oh, well, I have to be careful. Like I don't want to, you know, I don't want to, you know, overindulge or whatever. I don't want to make myself sick. And then we end up doing it anyway. That's when we actually make ourselves sick. That's when we actually eat more than we even intended to. Like, if you just give yourself permission, like, I love this food. <laughs> I'm going to eat a lot of it. It's going to be amazing. I'm going to prepare for it. I'm ready for it. I'm excited. Then it doesn't put as much pressure on the experience itself. Now it just gets mm -hmm. to be you know, and it's like, if you don't give yourself permission, then you don't even get to enjoy the fucking food when you're eating it. Like, what's that for? Like that, there's really no reason for that. Right. Because you feel guilty doing it. Yep. You feel guilty afterwards. So then you've spent all this money on this meal. For what? For guilt. Yeah. That's no, no, I can't do that. I can't do that. If I'm going to spend the money and I'm going to do it, like I'm at that place in my life finally where go big or go home, you know, yeah. and Vegas is one of those places where you can actually do that. You know, my husband and I are going to Denver tomorrow just to get out of town. Mm -hmm. One night away, relax. He's going to, you know, there's a train that he's one is really excited to see. Mm -hmm. And we're going to a Cajun restaurant, I think. Because we can. Yeah. And yes, we will probably overindulge. But tonight I'm having turkey burgers with steamed vegetables mm -hmm. as the trade-off. Mm -hmm. So I'm being intentional in what I'm doing. I know that tomorrow not so healthy. So yeah. today we're going to be healthy. We're going to do turkey, lean fats, lean, you know, all that good stuff. But it's making that conscious decision, like you said. Right, right. You know, and just deciding this is what I'm doing. Yeah. This is how I can compensate for it. Yeah. You know, so I'm not totally destroying my heart in the process, but yeah. I get to enjoy the moment. Yeah. I mean, I, I actually like, I've gotten to the point where I don't even like the idea of having to come, like part of the, part of what's really cool about for me, in my opinion, the healthy at every size, like movement and, and, and theoretical backing or whatever is like, we're not calling things like healthy foods or unhealthy foods. Like there's no moral value on food, right? It just is food. It just, it just is neutral. And like, if you eat it and you're getting something out of it, wonderful. So like I have a three-year-old and a one-year-old and I've been working really hard. I've been working on my own food shit, you know, body shit, whatever. I've been working on mine forever. I don't want them to even have it at all. And so my tiny people, I just like let them like the three-year-old, the one-year-old's like, you know, she doesn't talk. It's fine. <laughs> but the three-year-old, I let her basically eat whatever the fuck she asks for when she asks for it. She wants ice cream for breakfast. Cool. I don't want her thinking any kind of food is like special or like, oh, like this, you know, you get, you did a good job. So you get to have like the cookie or whatever. I just want her to be able to eat what she wants when she wants it. And what I've seen is that that is the best possible way to set her up to be able to listen to her body and actually eat what her body wants. Does she sometimes mostly just eat like 
dairy products and ice cream and cookies all day? Yeah, absolutely. There are those days. But there are also days that she'll put down the cookie for a tomato because she really likes tomatoes because she's a weirdo. And like just allowing her to have that, you know, and it makes my sister like supremely uncomfortable because <laughs> my sister's older than me and she's very, very conscious of like, um, the, you know, nutrient dense and like what she's feeding her kids. And I just, well, fuck it. Like you, you know, what does your little body want? Cause that's what you're going to eat. And what, what I find myself trying to do on days that like I babysit my grandson, mm -hmm. he's one, he's really not able to make, you know, to verbalize decisions on what right. he wants. So, you know, the other night uh, we had him over here and we made grandma's tetrazzini. And I was like, okay, so we have Tetrazzini. We have this amazingly rich Alfredo bread. Mm. Let's throw a vegetable in with this. <laughs> you know, let's, yeah. you know, let's throw some color on this plate. Yeah. And, you know, we did the vegetable and the right. pasta and the bread. Yeah. And as, my thinking was, you know, as long as you have some sort of vegetable on there, I'm happy. Eat your veggie, and then you can have peach cobbler for dessert. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. You know. I love it. I love it. I love the way that you have like done so much of your own healing. I love the way that you're sharing that healing with other people, and particularly your tiny little grandson, like one year old, and he's already having all of this like amazing role model. Like that's incredible. You know, and and you know, yes, absolutely. I hear what you're saying. It's just like offer variety offer variety and then the kid decides what they're going to ingest and forcing them to eat things that they don't want like clean your plate so you can have peach cobbler or like whatever the fuck it is that we do to kids like that backfires like what's going to happen when they like are at school and trading out your healthy lunch with other kids lunches mm -hmm. like what happens when they like move out of your house like you're setting yourself up but you're more than that you're setting your kid up for like for failure in this way and for feeling out of control and for feeling like they can't make good decisions for themselves. And so if we just allow them to start making more of those decisions, I'm gonna offer you this variety and you're gonna pick and choose whatever it is that you're gonna ingest. And I'm gonna just be okay. I'm gonna choose before you even eat that I'm gonna be okay with whatever it is that you decide to do. Like that's already empowering. It's already like listening to their little body's like internal compass. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, Becca, I want to thank you so much for coming on here. I do have one final question for you. Yes. Um, because we've, you know, we've both fully admitted we were not always in this place mm -mm. that we're at now where we are comfortable with the space that we take up. Right. So if you could go back and talk to the younger you who <laughs> was still afraid of that place that you take, what would you say? Oh, man. <laughs> um. That's such a, that's like a profound question. <laughs> so I'm like taking the, the requisite time to really think about it. I feel like one thing that I find myself saying to people a lot now is if you think about somebody that you really truly love, like your husband, your mother, your, you know, your kids, or if you even a pet, like if you don't have kids, like your cat, you know, when you think of, when you see like that cat, do you think about like, oh, the rolls and like the chubby and like, oh no, they, I need to put them on it. No, you fucking see this little creature that you adore. You see their like essence radiating out of them. That's what you love. And when people who love you see you, that's what they see. It doesn't matter. They are not paying attention to the cellulite. They are not focusing on your waist size. Like they see a person and you have so much more to offer 
than the size and shape of your body. I absolutely love that. With your permission, that part that you just said there at the end, you have so much more to offer than just the shape of your body. I would like to make a Canva print thing yeah. of that and put it on the page. I would love that. Yeah. I think that is amazing. And that's going to be not only on Facebook, it's going on Instagram, it's going on <laughs> everywhere I can put it. Yeah. Because that, God, that just gave me all the feels. I'm glad. All the feels. Well, you guys, we are going to call it it for today. I will be back next Sunday. I cannot remember who I have coming on. I am so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like my mind is drawing a blank, but I'll post it during the week for you. Um, so definitely you're going to want to tune in next Sunday. You guys know I'm bringing on these amazing people. You know, Becca is a prime example. Becca, again, thank you so much for being here. I have loved this conversation and I think it needed to happen. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course. You guys have a great Sunday and I'll see you next week.